welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is billy keels from keep on cash flow welcome billy rama thank you so much i'm really looking forward to a great conversation with you and uh, and your entire audience today Awesome. Thank you. And would you introduce yourself, Billy? Sure. Happy to do that. And so uh, Billy Keels, I am someone who has been working in the corporate world for the last 25 years about now. Um, I started out in the United States. I'm originally from Ohio. Um, I had an opportunity to work and travel throughout some 58 different countries. And then I was still working in St. Louis, Missouri. I decided I wanted to take a one-year sabbatical in 2001. And, and when I did that, I actually moved to Paris, France. I didn't know anybody and I was just supposed to be there for one year. And I would say that it has been a very interesting one year sabbatical rama because after the first year I loved the parisian culture so much or the french culture that i really wanted to stay so i was fortunate enough to find a, an opportunity another corporate job and i moved to the south of france and i lived there for about another two and a half years i lived in italy after that starting up a sales organization so i am a, a sales professional by day uh, and then i had the opportunity to well to fall in love and i ended up moving to Spain in 2005 uh, got married in 2008 I had a couple kids and now I have been living in Spain for the last 15 years Europe for the last 20 and still work in a very demanding uh, corporate job during the day in enterprise software sales and I've been investing in real assets and doing that long distance so doing that exclusively from Europe investing exclusively in the United States as of today and during that time I've been able to between active and passive investing in some 300 21 different uh, unit as well as 14 ATM machines and most recently have been focused on uh, energy and equipment. So I really like doing things from a long distance. I believe that you can live wherever in the world you want to live and as long as you are clear on what it is that that you want uh, your investments to do that you can invest absolutely wherever you want residing wherever you want. So uh, and I'm really happy to share more about that with uh, with your audience today. So that's a little bit about me and kind of kind of how I got here today. cool yeah so what makes you invest in real estate and multifamily billy yeah you know like like a lot of people especially when you're in these really demanding corporate jobs um you know i there i had the dream of hey listen i want to climb the ladder and you know you're making these really nice six figure salaries you can be making you know over 150 to 200,000 euros dollars whatever and you get to these points and you're thinking wow you know what i want to keep riding the ladder and i want to keep putting my capital and money in i'm going to invest in the stock market i'm going to invest in the really hot tip and i want to put my 401k money away and you start realizing that really quickly that you have very little to no control because someone sends out a tweet and your stock crashes um and that is part of your 401k or someone changes the corporate plans and your stock portfolio can be reduced by 20% and i just got really tired of not having much control and it just so happened i was flying back from a uh, from a flight from the US to to Europe and i picked up a book rich dad poor dad which i'm sure many people have heard you talk about here <laughs> with your audience uh, rama and so that really started i'd never been exposed to anyone who was investing in real assets or real estate and so that really changed the whole dynamic and I thought wow if I can actually get my head around this topic and I can start to understand I can actually have little houses produce income and I can be in much more control and so that's really where I started getting involved 
in real estate because I'd read that book and I just started getting involved in other online communities and things like that. And I realized that I'd been reading books for probably two years and it was time to actually get into action. But uh, I got involved because really being frustrated and not having control, uh, doing the right things in my corporate job and trying to get the, the promotions and eventually not realizing that I had very little to no control. And that's what really started pushing me towards real assets. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. So, and you have experience investing from long distance overseas, actively and passively. Would you share more about your experiences, both actively and passively? Sure. So, you know, originally I didn't even know that passively was an option to be completely transparent with you. So initially after I read that book, I thought, wow, you know what? I want to take all the things that I've learned in this book and I'm going to buy real estate. And my idea was to buy it here in Spain. And when I started reading the books and I started looking at all the different metrics and looking at the, the 1% ratio and the 1.5% rule and all these types of things, I started realizing that where I lived in Europe, here in Spain, that the numbers didn't work out like I saw in the Rich Dad Poor Dad book or the people that I was talking to in the communities that were back in the States. So I got really, really frustrated because it's very similar where I live to like living in New York City or Los Angeles, you know, really, really appreciation type of markets. And so I got a bit frustrated, but I had a really good friend or a couple of friends actually that were talking to me and they said, hey, look, you're, you know, you're an American citizen, why don't you look at investing in the United States? I'm like, how can I do that? When I live in Spain, there's like 10,000, 6,000 kilometers between where I live and where properties could be on the on the East Coast at the, at, at the closest. But once I realized that that wasn't a completely crazy idea, you start realizing, okay, well, how do I actually do it? Not if I can do it. And that's where you, you started changing the questions that I was asking myself. And then I realized that I could actually do it. I just had to come up with a plan. And so once you create your plan, then you're in a position to say, okay, well, now how do I do this living where I live and investing where it will absolutely make sense for me. So I had to put together a plan to really get clear on what was it that I wanted real estate to provide me, what benefit or what value. And then once I realized that I really wanted it to create cash flow for me, um, it was a matter of saying, okay, well, trial and error in the beginning. Like I did definitely did not do this right in the beginning, not at all. Uh, but I've learned through my mistakes. And although I knew always there was cash flow, then afterwards it was really looking up about which places in the United States are markets that would provide me with cash flow. I then was part of a mentorship program, really got clear on this, came up with a clear process, and then realized that once you get to the specific location that can create the benefit, in my case was cash flow, then it's about how do you connect with the teams that understand that specific location so that then I could buy a specific property, which is what I thought. I, I think about that differently today. It was really how do I invest in a certain opportunity, but that is what helped me to start investing long distance, um, is to really get clear on what I wanted real estate to do, then finding that location, building bridges, meeting those teams, and then investing in specific opportunities is kind of the, is the process that I am now following and, and, and also share with, uh, with my students. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. So uh, would you share like what challenges you face investing from overseas, both actively and passively? Wow. So there's so many challenges that you face initially. Um, I can share just a couple of them. Uh, initially, I think the one that probably will come to your mind is you, you don't even see the property. And, that, and that's true. Um, but the biggest challenge was in the beginning, not really being crystal clear on what I wanted real estate to do, right? I, I mentioned to you before, I have a process now, but that is because I didn't really know what I wanted to do before. I was just looking on 
the MLS, the multiple listing service. And I was on all of the, I think they're, what are they? Zillow and, and, and things like that. And I was on those websites and I was just not really clear. So that without recognizing it, Rama, it was a, was a big challenge because I was looking at everything. I wasn't focused. And so I was wasting lots of time and lots of energy. Like that's a big challenge that I think most of, most people will not really think about. And so that was the one challenge. Afterwards, there was also a challenge of trying to figure out what exactly was the right opportunity, right? Because I was thinking about it, looking, how do I find the right opportunity? How do I find the right opportunity? And I wasn't thinking about it the opposite way around, meaning what is it, the result that I'm looking for? Where can I find that result? And what team can help me to do that? You know, those were the, I'd say would be the, probably the biggest challenges is not having that clarity. And then secondly, is really starting at the opportunity rather than starting out initially with what was it that I wanted real estate to provide me. And then there's some very tactical things like, you know, in the beginning, it was a matter of how do you build relationships with brokers in the specific locations? And some people would say markets, I like to call them locations. How can you build relationships with brokers when you are, you know, thousands of miles or kilometers away? How do you get them to take you seriously? Uh, These are some of the major challenges that I think other people would think about and some of them that I also had in my life. So hopefully that clarifies or hopefully that gives you some some insight into some of the challenges that, uh, that I faced. Correct. Yes. And thanks for sharing that. And from what are the best practices you're following uh, to implement from, you know, investing from overseas? Yeah, sure. So some of the best practices really as much as possible, Rama, the idea is to keep things very simple, right? As you know, real estate in itself or real assets in general is a relatively simple value proposition. The question is, do you have a clear process around it? And I think that is the second thing. So there there are two things that I would say are, are best practice. Number one is really applying common sense to a situation, meaning if it's an opportunity that you understand and then and you're comfortable with, and that's something that you can move forward. If you're not understanding it or you're not comfortable with it, you need to have a team that's going to help you to really understand what the opportunity is, what it can mean for you, and can translate it into a language or benefits that you clearly understand for yourself. So number one is is having common sense. And number two, as it relates to long distance investing, it's absolutely critical to have a solid team, a team that has experience, a team that understands the location that you're investing in. They understand the specific type of opportunity opportunity that you're investing in so that they can advise you uh, to the best of their ability so that you can make the best possible um, solution. I know un- before we were talking about, you know, that I've moved into the to the energy space and really been focused on helping high wage earners and people that are also in, in a retirement stage be able to have gain access to their capital and, and do that in a way that helps them to create returns um, that are double digit type of returns and also helping them with ordinary income in, in terms of tax reduction. Of course, everybody needs to speak to their own individual tax professional, but had I not had the right team around me, I would have not really clearly understood the benefits that the new energy propositions can help for my investors and and potential investors around creating double-digit returns and also having a a tax reduction against ordinary income. So I I just, I would say that that is really important to have a strong, solid team around you as well as uh, in terms of best practice. Great. And how did you form the strong team, Billy? 
Yeah, great question. Um, so part of the research and having the clear initially, I'll, I'll use a specific example um, in North Carolina because I one of the places where I like and it's one of the places where I currently own a, a mobile home park. It's actually in South Carolina. But initially, once I knew that I was looking for cash flow, I knew that there were certain locations that were more related to cash flow. So I looked at, I think at the time it was 22 different MSAs across the United States and came down to Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, Columbus, and Philadelphia. And once I decided that I wanted to go to Charlotte, I literally found the team because I was picking up the phone. I was literally cold calling from Spain to the United States to these different teams that had that were available, right? I mean, it was a, a clear process in going to certain websites and seeing which of the brokers was very, very prominent on uh, specific websites, right? And if they were, if I could see that specific broker on lots of different websites, it meant that they were really interested in attracting new customers. So I would pick up the phone. I would call them. Um, I would get engaged in conversation. Once it made sense to go beyond just an, an initial email or an initial conversation, then it was about getting on a Zoom session, leveraging technology, having a couple of conversations, but also being able to show to the broker that I'm someone that was serious. And then once it made sense was to be able to get on an airplane, fly back to the United States, meet with the brokers, meet with the um, potential sellers and, and be able to, to culminate in a, a purchase, right? So me investing my capital, the broker having invested their time and energy with me and helping a seller with their problem, right? And so as a, just as an example, I mean, it all started out by me, once again, being clear on where the location was, then taking action to meet the team, cold calling, developing the relationship, applying common sense, just like you're developing most types of relationships. And then it ultimately culminated in a, a purchase and adding more uh, units to the portfolio. The broker also was able to recognize that I wasn't someone who was just uh, calling from overseas and the seller uh, was able to get their problem solved. So that was maybe just a, a very concrete example as to how um, you go about with um, meeting with, uh, with with brokers and, and getting to know them. Cool. And thank you. So from tax point of view, what are the advantages and disadvantages investing from overseas? Yeah. So, you know, this is one of those things that is a very personal thing. So I guess I would say before I would even state it, of course, you and I are just talking about this as, as concepts. So whenever anyone wants to know about their specific situation, of course, they want to speak to their tax professional so they can understand how it uh, will affect them or any potential investments would affect them. But, you know, as it relates to being a U.S. citizen, right? So being a U.S. citizen who is residing abroad, I'm subject to the same tax jurisdiction as if I were living in the United States uh, because we have to declare worldwide income as U.S citizens and things like that. So it creates a unique opportunity, uh, whereas I can make an investment in the United States and the investments that I would make, for instance, in, in a passive way, of course, those will help any type of passive income as it relates to IRS, the way that the IRS defines income. So it'd be subject to the same tax, tax treaties, tax, tax laws that are currently in place. And so it allows me a unique opportunity and anyone who is, I guess, also to U.S. citizen. And even if you're not a U.S. citizen, there's some cash flow possibilities that you're able to uh, participate in the U.S. that you normally can't find outside of the U.S. So all that being stated, you know, it's it's pretty much the same in my case because I'm a U.S. citizen. And so I'm able to really put together tax strategies that will help um, maximize passive income and, and also really understand the, the implications of active income, which is also one of the reasons that I've started becoming so happy about this energy opportunities because you can see that real asset when you're understanding the different unique benefits of each real asset, it can help you both on the passive income side as well as the active income side, at least the ways that the, the, the tax laws are written today. So, so hopefully that answers the question, Rama, in terms of the 
the tax benefits or potential kind of, there are some, I mean, yeah, I think that answers it hopefully. Yeah. Yes. And would you share any like best and uh, worst experiences investing from overseas? Yeah, sure. One of the best experiences that's happened for me is, you know, depending on how, what your personality type is or what your kind of behaviors are, I tend to be someone who likes lots and lots of control. So uh, because I like lots of control, I can imagine that if I would have purchased my original property in the United States, that I would have, the tendency for me would have been to buy it in my backyard, probably to go to the property every single day, uh, overmanage the property and not actually really build strong processes. So although it was really, really difficult in the beginning, being able to be long distance and having a long distance perspective, it really forces me to focus on the process to make sure that the processes run as efficiently as possible, because now it's not just about the process for me, but it's also about how can I make that process easy and better for my investors and for students so that they have the best possible experience. So I would say that if I think about it now, that's something that has really been a benefit. Although initially I was really frustrated because I couldn't see the properties every single day. Now that kind of um, disadvantage has now become a unique advantage or a unique benefit because I'm focused more on process than the property. Hopefully that makes sense. Yes. Awesome. And would you share any challenges? Yeah, sure. You know, the biggest challenge is when something happens like COVID and it's more at a at an emotional level. Uh, like I said, so when the process is in place and your teams are there, you literally can be anywhere in the world, right? And so that's one of the things that I that I love. Um, because today I'm in Spain, but maybe, you know, I can move anywhere in the world and my businesses will continue to function because the processes are clear. There are moments when you want to, you feel like you need to be at a, a property to see that something is happening. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a really bad situation where I overlooked one of the inspection reports that we had. This was right when, this was pretty close to when I was getting started. And I just, I got the home inspection. I read over it, but I didn't actually really read and interpret it or have somebody interpret it for me. And because I did that, that cost me about $25,000. Now, my instinct was that I wanted to be there to oversee the whole thing. And that's kind of maybe one of the drawbacks is when you cannot get there. But but that's more of a feeling and an emotion that you need to be there versus saying, hey, listen, I actually do need to be there. So hopefully that is clear. It's, it's a challenge because you feel like you need to be there, but it's not really a challenge as long as you have your processes and teams in place. Awesome. And thanks for sharing your experiences. So yeah. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Billy? Yeah. So the, the thing that I'm the most excited about right now, and it's once again, it's in this real asset space. And I know I've mentioned it before, but it's just, it is understanding the true power of real assets and things that are tangible, things that are easily, that you can touch them, that you can understand them and being able to do it from anywhere in the world. Um, right now I have a lot of energy around, and that, no pun intended, but around the the, the energy sector, uh, because energy at the end of the day, and something that um, there's a book called Prosper that really turned me on to this whole space and really thinking about the the energy, the economy, the in the environment by Dr. Chris Mortensen um, and Adam Taggart. They wrote a book, and so when when they wrote that, I, it really turned my mind on to seeing and understanding that there are also opportunities outside of just just apartment buildings. And so right now, because this energy focus 
is something that my investors are really, really interested in primarily because they're able to get double digit returns and there is the possibility for them to reduce their active income. So, you know, high wage earners, this is something that they're really excited about because as we invest in, we've talked about before, when I invest in my apartments, that's, you know, helping me on the passive income side, but there are very few opportunities that can really help to decrease the, the tax liability on the active income side. And so because my investors are really excited about this, they want to know more about it and we're delivering on these opportunities. It's something that I'm very, very excited about now and, and talking more and more to, to, to people. So um, it's in the real asset space. It's related to energy and it's creating great returns and, and right-sizing tax liability for my investors. So it's something that I'm really passionate about right now. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. Sure. Any one advice that impacted you, Billy? The biggest piece of advice, uh, Rama, and, and I know that your, your audience, they're listening to you because they are very interested in understanding and furthering their education and learning more is really being actively involved. At, you know, your audience is already taking the great first step because they're listening to you. They're learning from you. And, and one of the things that has always helped me is to say, you know, you, you need to go beyond just passive listening. It's about being actively involved in things, reaching out to you, Rama, to ask more about what it is that you can do, how you how your audience can be helped by you engaging and doing that before you're ready. Because once you're ready, it means you've probably overthought it. So that is what I would say in terms of advice, be active in what you do and, and get started before you're ready. Cool. Yeah. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? Wow. There's so many books uh, that have impacted my life. And wow. The, the one that comes to mind, it, well, there's actually two that come to mind. One is the, the Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. That was one that just absolutely blew my mind. It was something that I just never really even thought about the way the, the whole money game. Uh, when I read that a couple of years ago, and it's one that I do reread uh, every year, it just really changed my perspective on, uh, on money, what money is, and the value that money can provide you or currency is probably the better way to stay. And so anyone that wants to read the book, they'll understand why I call it currency instead of money. And I'm sure if they're listening to you already, Rama, that you've talked about that before as well. And then there's another uh, book that, you know, especially for those of, uh, of a view that are in, you know, high wage W2 jobs, it's something that I can relate to a lot. Um, there's a book that I read by Ken McElroy called The Return to Orchard Park, uh, Orchard Canyon, excuse me, Return to Orchard Canyon that talks about uh, a guy who, I, I won't spoil it for you, but um, it's someone that if you're a, a high wage earner and you think that your multinational job or salary is the only thing for you, um, you should read that book and it will definitely make an impact and help you to see some new perspectives and, and hopefully inspire you to create some new alternatives for yourself as well. Good. Yep. How are you giving back to community? Um, there's primarily two ways that I like to give back. Number one, uh, there, at least in the community where I live, uh, every, every year we donate funds to a, a local uh, children's school. Uh, that is that is just close to here where we live in Spain. And then also one of the things that I enjoy doing is really helping people with um, financial intelligence and in and talk about do that through playing Cashflow 101, uh, the board game. And so do that uh, was something that I was doing quite frequently. It's something because of COVID I haven't uh, haven't really been doing lately, but it is a way that I like to give back because I think it's it's great to be able to feel, have a comfortable space where you can talk about money and, and finance because I, I did not grow up in a household where I felt comfortable doing that. Cool. So how can listeners can connect with you, Billy? 
Yeah, sure. I think there's a couple of different ways that they can connect. Um, I would say the first and foremost, if someone would like to have a conversation with me, I'm very open to them just organizing a free call. Uh, you can just go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash speak with Philly. And if you're interested in knowing more about long distance investing, what I've been doing, I did write a, a book. It was an Amazon bestseller at the time when it was released. And now I'd, I'd love to give that to your audience for, for absolutely free. They just need to go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com. Or if you're just interested in knowing more about what uh, what I'm doing, you can go to billykeels, B-I-L-L-Y-K-E-E-L-S.com. And for those of you that be interested in knowing more about the, the energy thing that I talked about before, if you're interested in knowing more about that, feel free to send an email to energy, E-N-E-R-G-Y, at billykeels.com. That's energy at billykeels.com. And I'd love to talk to you more about uh, that specific thing. Awesome. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Rama, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the, the opportunity to speak with you and your, and your audience today. Yeah, thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.